Hi, everybody. This is a podcast where real doctors discuss fake medical emergencies. That means that unless your cat's breath smells like cat food, this podcast is not medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, please contact your doctor. Hi, everybody. I'm Jackson Bain. I'm Johnny Kolosinski. You might remember me from such podcasts as Nothing at All, a winter sportswear podcast. (laughs) It's so appropriate. (laughs) This is Hi Everybody, a Bad Medicine podcast. Every week we talk about what Hollywood gets right and wrong about medicine and how the body works. You can find this podcast online at Hi Everybody MD on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or at www.hieverybodymd.com. You can also call us, leave us a message, give us ideas, tell us how we're doing overall uh, at 530-DOCTORB. That is 530-D-O-C-T-O-R-B. The B stands for broken bones, which is very, I would say, a minor plot point in today's episode. Right. And uh, go ahead and tell us the episode, uh, the name of this episode of The Simpsons, because my notes are garbage, apparently. So the episode we're covering today is season 11, episode 10, Little Big Mom. Um, mm-hmm. Much like the title of this episode, I had no recollection of this episode of The Simpsons at all, except for the stupid, sexy Flanders moment. It is It is later golden age Simpsons, if not just right outside of the range of it. Yeah. I'd call it like the where there's a lot where you start seeing as many fails as you do hits in season 11. I think that's fair. There were a couple other good ones. I think this one also had like the Tamako episode, which was great. It has the Tamako episode. It has the Homer is a food critic episode. Which not as great. I, screw Flanders. Yes. But this one actually I thought was a pretty fun episode. I mean, it's still wintertime. Mm-hmm. The B plot. Or actually, the whole opening of it, which is standard later Simpsons, is nothing makes sense, and it doesn't mm-hmm. tie into the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they're skiing because they had to use the skis that Homer had bought for the Nagano Olympics, which mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure what year that was. That might have been 1986? No, it, it was later than that. It was later? Yeah, I think it, it, was in the, two- it was in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. Um. But they decide to all go skiing, and um, Marge decides to not go skiing because she thinks it's dangerous, so she stays in the the lodge. Mm-hmm. But my favorite part about just this throwaway joke, other than stupid sexy Flanders, is uh, the name of the courses that Homer sees. Right. We've got the Spinebreaker. We've got spine the Widowmaker, which is too girly. Yes. The Spinebuster. Uh, and then the Colostomizer, <laughs> which is such a good name for a ski course um do you know what that refers to that'd be a colostomy bag which is um where your poop goes if it's not going in your butthole yeah and really the reason why is like let's say you tore your intestines or something like that and Mm -hmm. you need to heal your butt um Mm -hmm. you gotta make an extra hole so you gotta make a front butt did i ever tell you the story about ostitutes no can you guess what an ostitute is because that's what i learned about this in fellowship I can, but this is a family podcast. Use your imagination. Connect the yeah. dots. Call me at 530-DOCTORB if you know the answer. I will, I will, I guess, give you a shout out if you get this right. <laughs> but um, I will never think of colostomies the same way again. Thanks to that. Os just means whole. So coloss, whole of, for the colon. But that one, that one, that one brought up some terrible imagery. Yeah. I do have an important non-medical question before we get into Marge's injury. Yeah. 
and that is why was Poochie not still on his home planet? Oh, that is a great question because he showed up to Scratchy's um, funeral, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe he came back. No, he died on the way to his home. Yeah, planet. he died on his on his way to his home planet. Worst episode ever. Yeah, that is not continuity. Shoot, I did not think of that. Um, well, I mean, we'll never say that The Simpsons is medically accurate, right? Um, Except for maybe this time. We'll find out. We'll find out. But it doesn't start off strong with Homer after seeing um, Stupid Sexy Flanders going down the colostomizer and just getting drilled. Yeah. Um, Now, as an emergency physician, I mean, obviously in San Diego, the number of immediate ski injuries you see are likely low. I had I, I will say I saw two in the last week. Okay. Not immediate, clearly, because they drove from the mountain all the way down to San Diego to see mm-hmm. our children's hospital. Um, thank you for loyalty. Terrible decision. They had that punch card. Yeah. I mean, it was really filling up quick. Um. So so it isn't that abnormal, I guess. It, but it's pretty abnormal. Is skiing as dangerous of a sport as it was for me growing up? I mean, it depends how coordinated you are, I guess. Yeah. I, I, so it, my second broken bone was um, falling skiing when I was 13 on my second run of a four-day trip. And what did you break? My wrist. I it mean, was just like a green bone, uh, a green, what is it? Green branch? Green stick fracture. Green stick fracture. Uh, that's not bad, but it's still a broken bone. Mm-hmm. And you probably did it by a mechanism we called the foosh, which is fall on an outstretched hand. That is exactly what I did. Yep. Uh, it's a very com- it's so common we actually have an acronym for it called Foosh, um, which we see all the time. So you you, you done fooshed your hand. You yeah. fooshed and you broke it. All right, that should be our second shirt. What? You fooshed and you broke it? I mean, everyone who works in the medical field, at least mm-hmm. in the acute phase or acute setting, should understand that reference. But Homer, he did not foosh. Um, no, he uh, he fo- he fobbed, fooped, yeah, fall, fall on balls. Outs- I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna go with uh, outstretched pelvis. He was pretty retracted. Uh, you know, <laughs> trying to think um, about it. So uh, he went down accidentally the colostomizer, and uh, the first thing I noticed was yeah. that he had like he went totally spread eagle. Yeah, um, with audible cracking sounds. Yeah. I'm trying Which to think. Would be, would, that would have been injury number one, right? Yeah. Oh, you mean from just him going spread eagle and then yeah. getting the cracking sounds? Mm-hmm. What would crack, though? There's like nothing that would crack if you went spread eagle that I can think of. Like, or at least not multiple cracks. With, with that, with the, uh, the the big splits that he was doing? You might get a pop. Okay. But um, if you were telling me he made like the cracking sounds as he hit each mogul with his groin... No, there there was an initial crack, and then he, and then he went groin to mogul, groin to mogul, oh. groin to mogul. Yeah, repeatedly. I, I, I didn't count a lot. I think it was at least nine. Well, it started going real fast after he like imagined mm-hmm. um, stupid, sexy Flanders. Yeah, which let's be honest here, distracting. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it was like he was wearing nothing at all, nothing at all, nothing, nothing at, all. at all. But yeah, he he that. He would have sustained some significant injuries going down that mogul. Um, mm-hmm. Not a broken penis. 
unless he was aroused by said Stupid, sexy, sexy Flanders. Yes. Because that's that's one way you could that's one injury you would get, and you would hear a crack. That is actually mm-hmm. one of the the chief complaint present or sorry the initial presentations and chief complaints of a patient who did break their penis is it's, they heard an, an audible, audible crack. Yeah, because you snapped a membrane and it snaps. So that is that is why it's called a broken penis because it mm-hmm. sounds like you broke it. But the the more common injury probably would be like. Um, ruptured testicle or testicular hematoma. Mm-hmm. And those are actually pretty common. Um, not dangerous or not dangerous to your fertility, potentially, if it's like a small hematoma. The concern is if you have extrusion of tissue within the sac. So um, octopus trap ball? Octopus is trying to escape said trap ball. So it, it got like one of its tentacles just out of the trap. Trying to trying to get out there, that would be that would be the emergency that would need surgery immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just had a hematoma, you're fine. If you shattered it, not fine. Mm-hmm. Which um, I had one patient that did that skateboarding, and he just said it kind of hurts down there, and I did an ultrasound. That thing was scrambled egg, and the kid just goes cool. And the mom was like, <laughs> not cool. And he goes, whatever, I got another one. And he go, I don't know if you understand the the gravity of your situation, but just because you have another one, you don't want to rely on plan B. Mm-hmm. Just saying. The so, B yeah. stands for ball in this one, by the way. <laughs> yes. For, for those who were playing the home game. <laughs> I mean, I was hoping you would fill in that blank right there. The, the B is for ball, for sure. And he will be uniball forever. There's prosthetics. Yes, but it's unifunctional ball. I did not expect this to be one of those episodes that I'd have to give a uh, disclaimer at the beginning, but... Un, un um, testiculo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that would be a good name for a band. <laughs> un testiculo. Oh, that would be good. They'll open up at Coachella next year because Coachella's canceled this year. Yeah. Yeah. But we... It's a... It's been, it goes, it goes, the episode goes on and uh, mm-hmm. you end up with Marge in the lodge because she assumes that's the safest place to be in the entire ski resort. Right. Minus and then she gets predators. injured by a cuckoo clock. She also gets hit on by disco stew. That's true. I mean, let's just add insult to injury here. You got hit on by disco stew and then you get injured by the cuckoo clock. You get hit on by disco stew he passes when he sees you have kids and then you get injured by a cuckoo clock. Yeah. I mean, it's disco. St- I don't know if disco stew would play as well in this day and age as it did back then. Yeah. Like there has well, to be I, like an eighties version of a disco stew for it to kind of hit off as well. Now, you know, like new wave stew. Yeah. I I don't know. I think disco still has the same connotation, reputation and oh. connotation. Um, I don't remember any of Disco Stew except for um, Disco Stew doesn't advertise and his fish platform shoes. I mean, I've forgotten those all were of the, this episode. Those were the two biggest like Disco mm-hmm. Stew moments, other than uh, not to dance away, not today, Disco Lady. Yeah, I mean that's a really catchy, stupid song, <laughs> and I love it. It's fantastic. Um, but she gets her leg broken from a very mm-hmm. heavy, heavy cuckoo clock. Right. Um, 
it that that checks out i would say mm-hmm. the only thing i would say that doesn't check out is it kind of hit her leg and her leg just kind of was stationary like mm-hmm. you could it still looks straight i would feel something that heavy would cause the leg to be a little more v-shaped okay i'm just saying right like Right, you know, physics. Un- unless, and this isn't what happened, unless it had hit her, uh, hit her like on the kneecap. Even if it hit her kneecap, that would mean she would bend at the knee, and that would be okay a v as well. But all, all things said and done, it will be a bad fracture, mm-hmm. most likely, or a really bad bruise. But mm-hmm. the fact that it took two people to lift up said cuckoo clock to put it back on the wall makes me think it's probably really heavy. Or they're just really serious about OSHA regulations. If they were, there'd be a better nail in the wall. That's true. I'm just saying. That's true. But so they take her. So the the lounge or the ski resort calls the hot calls an ambulance. Yeah. And I have not witnessed, and maybe because I'm a newer doc, not that new, but a a, a more contemporary. You doctor. are not a seasoned veteran at this point. You are not grizzled. Correct. I've never seen them uh, have the name of the hospital they were going to transport a patient to ever. On yeah, because uh, one of the jokes was uh, trying to figure out what hospital she was going to and yes. and exactly what the price range that Homer wanted to pay was. Exactly. Um, and it was a, a rotating bus style destination on the front. Now, yeah. all of those ambulances, all ambulances, I assume, pretty much are run by third parties and not by the hospitals. Correct. So it depends. Okay, so hospitals don't run the ambulances, but it depends on your state, too. So Mm -hmm. deployment of emergency medical services is highly dependent on your state's regulations. So some states have a two-tiered system. Some states have a one-tiered system. Mm -hmm. So a two-tiered system means that they sent, like, the fire department and a private ambulance for transport. So the first responder technically would be the fire department to make sure you're still Mm -hmm. alive and everything's okay. And then the person that would transfer you to the hospital would be the third-party ambulance. Mm-hmm. Um, other places, the third-party ambulance would be the first responder assess the scene and then take the patient to the hospital directly, or even the, the fire state department. That Springfield's in, which is correct. They use it looks like just a private ambulance, or sorry, the hospital-owned ambulance to take mm-hmm. the patient in. Um, but it really does depend, and you. You can, to a certain point, suggest which hospital you would prefer to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like pediatric patients, um, you might be able to ask them to take you to the children's hospital instead mm-hmm. of to the adult hospital that's closer. However, in cases of life or death, you don't have that choice. You're right, going straight or... to the, the nearest hospital that can stabilize you before they transfer you to more specialized care. Uh, or, you know, I'm... I'm Kaiser, and so take me to an in-network hospital so that I can um, uh, afford my life. Correct. However, you would be surprised how many times I'll see patients with Kaiser at my hospital and then realize after I stabilize them, I got to get you back to Kaiser. So I have to call Kaiser, ask for an authorization number, and beg them, please don't overcharge my patients. Yeah. Yay, insurance. Yeah. It's it's a rough thing, for sure. So they take Marge to the cheapest of all the hospitals that they could No, nope, not the cheapest. Hmm? They, because the cheapest would have been St. Mary's. Oh, you're right. Yeah. They went so, to Springfield General? Uh, it was, uh, so Springfield General, and then they went with uh, Beth Israel, 
then we went with St. Mary's, and then the in-between was Springfield Presbyterian. Ah. <laughs> That's some not cracking going, religious humor there. Not going to that Catholic hospital. Got to go to that Presbyterian hospital. I mean, I, I volunteered at a Presbyterian hospital in Whittier. There's only one hospital, and it's also named that. <laughs> so they take her there, um, and then Dr. Hibbert diagnoses her with a compound fracture right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a term that I recognize, but you were saying as we were pre- preparing for the show that it's not a term that you use anymore. Not really. So we compound fracture now refers to something we call an open fracture. Mm-hmm. So it's and any, that would mean uh, 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 would that mean that the bone is visibly out of the skin? Yeah, or any kind of fracture where there's a wound overlying the fracture. Mm-hmm. So that it means there's a level of communication. Oh. So there's a level of communication from the outside world towards your bone. Mm-hmm. And the big concern with a compound slash open fracture is that you're at higher risk for bone infections, mm-hmm. which is much so, more difficult to treat than like a soft tissue infection. And so the reason they called it a compound fracture was that the uh, the risk was compounded by the fact that there was this second injury. Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's like the big concern. Like comp- mm-hmm. you're comp- I guess that's a good way to think of it is like, hey, you're compounding your problems. Um, But usually the treatment for that is you actually need surgery to wash out the wound, Mm -hmm. make sure there's no signs of debris, cuckoo clock left behind in the wound. No cuckoo clock left behind. Exactly. And then you got to start them on like antibiotics for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, But looking at her x-ray and in fact, just looking at her leg. Her leg. There was no open wound or anything like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And that fracture just looks like like a simple transverse fracture, which just means like it's a straight line across. Um, there's many ways to describe fractures. So simple just means one crack. There's comminuted, which means multiple cracks. So you have like bone chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have like descriptions of it like transverse, spiral, oblique, all that other kind of fancy words just to describe the geometry of the fracture itself. Mm-hmm. But for hers, it looked like a very simple trans simple transverse both bone fracture of the tibia and the fibula so usually when you have that you just need a cast and maybe get admitted for a day to get watched Mm -hmm. and observed to make sure you don't have compartment syndrome and then you're sent home but not for Mm -hmm. marge um marge was in there for five days or so in traction no not even in barely in traction okay so she was referred to being as in traction. traction yeah but they really just had her leg in a cast and then kind of suspended like elevated yeah so do you know what traction is or i i actually was um in traction when i was five or six years old Uh um i fell off a tricycle playing tricycle tag okay uh and uh landed right on my elbow and had a fracture of my elbow that needed two pins and Uh, was uh, hospitalized for for five or six days and actually in traction in traction. Did they pull which is it? Not fun when you're five years old. Did they pull your arm? I'm not. I don't know. I I hardly recall. So if they pulled your arm, that means you're in traction. Mm-hmm. And usually, the time you use traction is if you have a shortened limb secondary to a fracture. So like, let's say you broke your femur, your mm-hmm. big thigh bone. Um, we would actually put you in a device where we have a cuff on your leg. And then there'll be mm-hmm. two rails on the side of the leg. And then we'd actually crank the thing to pull your leg out to length. So okay. that would be traction. 
Okay. Uh-huh. Then I might have just been like especially immobilized. Yep. You had it was right on the joint. Yeah, you had a supercondylar fracture that required pinning. Okay. And then um, probably admitted for observation for pain control as well as making sure there's no infections that developed mm-hmm. secondary to the pinning. Which is actually okay. a very common fracture for kids um, during the beginning of the school year and the end of the school year. So that elbow like fracture. That. Not so much lights out, but it's because kids play on the monkey bars. Ah. So they in the beginning of the year they suck. So mm-hmm. they fall off, they land directly on their elbow, they fracture their um their distal humerus, affecting the joint. Or at the end of the year, when they show off how great they are at being on the monkey bars, and then they fall off and they suck and they land on their elbow. <laughs> So those are the two times we'll see supercondylar fractures. But for traction, especially with significant ones that need like a lot, sometimes they'll drill through the like ankle area and then Mm -hmm. um, attach it to a weight and let that pull it down. So that's true traction. So it hurts and it's not fun. Um, But for the femur fractures, the reason why we do traction is there's so much blood loss there that if you don't straighten out the leg, you can continue bleeding through and then mm-hmm. cause more issues. So by kind of straightening out the legs, you kind of unkink all the blood vessels and all that stuff and actually allow things to flow a little bit better. And you stabilize the leg a little bit. So A, it helps with pain. B, it helps with blood flow a little bit. Okay. So that's why you would do traction. So seeing a femur fracture in trauma is actually a really dangerous thing because it's a source of significant blood loss that we need to mm-hmm. stabilize immediately to make sure they're fine. But Marge was okay. not in traction at all. She <laughs> Marge, had, Marge was just elevated on a sling. Correct. She she got to put her leg up for a little bit and rest. And honestly, you wouldn't need to admit someone for a week for that. There's no reason to admit someone for a week to get acupressure therapy, hair massages, and whatnot in a hospital mm-hmm. for that. Except for that this was the 90s and uh, you need a plot device. everything was just so cheap. Yes, and also you need a plot device. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To make, that to, make, to make Lisa in charge of all of this. Right. Um, quick question on the hospital scene before we go to the um, scaly flaking off meat of the episode. Are you going to talk about how you're interferon with my fun? Yeah, I am. Uh, interferon. Uh, they uh, Homer and Bart got in a IV fight mm. and wasted thousands of dollars worth of interferon. Yeah. What is interferon? So interferon, um, it's like a type of signaling protein in your host cells that you kind of use to fight off certain viruses. Um, okay. It's, it's really, I, I have never used interferon, to be honest, in any of my patients before. But um, it's been said to be able to be used in like multiple sclerosis and whatnot and try to calm down um, an autoimmune response. So your immune system's going nuts. So you're just saying, hey, the interferon is trying to calm everything down a little bit um, just so that you can kind of not fight your own body and cause all the okay. symptoms. So it's not something that just would have been hanging around in random IVs Lord, in Marge's room. Lord, no. And also, why are they leaving bags of IVs in Marge's room randomly? Yeah. Also, that's so stupid expensive. As I mean, Hibbert acknowledged it, right? He said you're wasting mm-hmm. thousands of dollars of interferon. Um, I, I believe it needs to be refrigerated, um, but I think it comes in like vials first, and then there's no way there's bags of it. it if anything, it comes in vials because you don't need that much. It's like mm-hmm. it's like hot sauce. A little bit will do you. <laughs> so you don't need that much. But um, 
it's also really hard to spray IV fluids that far, the way they were holding it. Mm -hmm. This is clearly from someone who has tried spraying IV who, solution. Who has, has tried to have IV fights? Maybe. Um, it does not go that far. Unless you squeeze the bag directly, that'll make it go really far. But if you just kind of let it hang, it just kind of dribbles. So there's no way it's going to fly that far. Okay. Yeah. You got to have some force behind it. It's like a super soaker. You got to build up that pressure. <laughs> but um, it will not cure a canker sore for sure. And canker sores okay. are not caused by a virus or anything like that. It's just caused by like your natural body's response. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, so Hibbert was in definitely interferon with their fun. Okay. Um, the the meat and potatoes of the episode, though, mm -hmm. is Lisa stepping in for Marge as Marge and um, kind of losing control of everything. Mm -hmm. And as a way to encourage Bart and Homer to be a little more neat and tidy, mm -hmm. um, she, after a talk with the ghost of off-brand Lucille Ball has a the With idea to Carmichael. Uh, yeah um ha has the idea to tape uh to cover them in glue and and green dyed oatmeal in order to make them think they had leprosy yeah and that's like movie leprosy mm -hmm. um it, you're not gonna fool anybody with that right case in point you tried to fool webmd yeah, I because she she diagnoses them with a '90s version of WebMD. It was Virtual Doctor called Virtual Doctor, and uh, we tried to put in the symptoms for leprosy in WebMD. And despite WebMD trying to tell you that you have something terrible and terrifying, we could not get leprosy. No, WebMD. So I put in the symptoms uh, verbatim, uh, which were crusty sores, wailing which is not a thing you can put into WebMD. <laughs> and then exposure to unsanitary conditions. And the first thing I got was freaking eczema. Yep. Nope. I, I couldn't we, get it. Then we tried putting in more accurate symptoms like numbness yeah, and so, uh, ulcers and things like that. Yeah, and Still no leprosy. Yeah, and that's like the real presentation of leprosy. It's It starts with very benign stuff. So dry, scaly scalp, runny nose numbness and tingling in your toes and fingers and then that's actually how people lost digits mm -hmm. like because you hear about that in like biblical stuff right like people lost yeah. limbs and fingers and whatnot because of leprosy it's because they lost nerve innervation so if yeah. you lose nerve innervation your body kind of goes that doesn't exist why am i perfusing blood to there slowly the blood supply gets cut off and that's why those body parts fall off uh, there's a fantasy series uh, mm. called uh, it's by uh, Stephen Donaldson I want to say uh -huh. um, and uh, I'm going to drop the name of this the series in the show notes because I can't remember it off the top of my head but it's the main game character of has, le has leprosy oh not Game of Thrones it's not Game of Thrones <laughs> um, and that's kind of the things that he's going like that he goes through as a character as he's constantly doing like self checks on his 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 hands and his legs saying okay did i injure myself yeah uh or uh am i bleeding am i am i cut anywhere because especially you know having moved from the real world to a fantasy world um the 
idea that he could be injured and then be infected without knowing uh, became significantly higher. But w- they first showed it, you know, in the real world of the 80s yeah. um, uh, of him, you know, going through those those motions every time he he had any sort of like out of the ordinary physical yeah. uh, interaction, like and, falling or, or whenever he was like cutting vegetables and things like and that. And I'll say that is also a complication and a problem for patients with a much more common disease, which is just diabetes. Mm-hmm. So I actually had patients because one of the side, one of the symptoms of severe diabetes is peripheral neuropathy, mm-hmm. um, where they have no sensation in their feet. So you hear about stories about people getting amputated because they have no sensation in their feet and all that stuff. The big reason why too is that they step on a lot of stuff and don't realize it. So I remembered in medical school, I had someone who stepped on a nail, did not know for months, and I'm assuming months. Because looking at that area, it was just like completely ulcerated out, but the nail was still there. So it was like a situation where they found out because they smelled it and not because they felt it. Yeah, they smelt it, but they didn't felt it. And then I dealt the (laughs) bad news to it. That's right. I made a fart joke. I'm very proud of it. I'm Greg Winter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's the one. He, hey. He said he made the jokes. I'm just adding it into there. <laughs> um, but yeah. So how long would you say is the incubation period for on the low end for leprosy? I'm going to go ahead and say that it's months to years. It's five years. So it's really hard to get leprosy that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you get leprosy? So it's usually spread through the air. So there's a theory that you get it through the respiratory tract. So that's why... That whole stigma of uncleanliness kind of goes around because if you're around these uncleanly people for a long time, there's a chance you might inhale this uh, bacteria, thus getting leprosy. Mm-hmm. Um, the other way to get it is through armadillos. Right. I, I subtly dropped that, but leprosy still exists. Um, still very, exists in the U.S. Yes, in the southwestern U.S. Um, where armadillos are prevalent. It is one of the two medieval diseases that you can still get in the southwest the other one being the plague from prairie dogs so don't eat armadillos don't eat prairie dogs and don't go to an air airbnb at prairie dog manor correct although unless you want to be grayscale Mm -hmm. because that Uh, that is what leprosy means it means scaly skin and grayscale from game of thrones was a similar idea that also added a paralysis aspect and was a much quicker onset uh onset and progression this is a this is gonna be one of our uh, most uh sensitive and um, <laughs> empathetic episodes that so, we've done so, so far. much empathy um you know who is empathetic ned flanders yeah, that's right. I know who is not. <laughs> <laughs> who is what? Not empathetic. Yeah. This guy. <laughs> uh, Post overnight Jackson. Oh, seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ned Flanders is who they go to because uh, they remember some guy in the Bible that was uh, that was able to take care of lepers. Yeah. And so and so they go to Flanders. Yeah. And Flanders. Pretty, pretty scared of all of them. Mm hmm. Um, immediately dons a raincoat and oven mitts to touch them and all that stuff. And uh, a mask. He did wear a mask. And then when the mask came off after Homer kissed him, Maud vacuumed his mustache off. Yep. 
I don't know how how strong that vacuum is, but it's the complaint I always have. Needs more blood. Needs more blood. For sure. Mm-hmm. We've all watched Forty Year Old Virgin. We know how much blood comes off if you rip off that much hair in that quick of a fashion. But yeah, we've all waxed our chests. What? Huh? Um, but there should be more blood there. But um, Flanders sends them to Hawaii uh, to get treated for leprosy. Right. Uh, the reason being that Hawaii, at one point in time, did have leper colonies. They did. Um, but I don't know if... it. It's like a sanitarium kind of situation. Mm-hmm. You know, like tuberculosis, which surprisingly is in the same kind of family as leprosy in terms of oh, bacteria really? type. Yeah, so it's a mycobacterium. So it's like the same type of bacteria, which is like a different shape, um, mm-hmm. membranous outing uh, cover and all that stuff too. So you want to keep those highly contagious diseases in one area and keep mm-hmm. them from spreading. The treatment, however, makes no sense. Right. The treatment that they were giving them was uh, electric needle therapy. For dermabrasion. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's what that's what the electric needle therapy was, was dermabrasion. Yeah. And here's a, the source of infection, or sorry, the source of contagiousness is not the sores. Mm-hmm. It's the stuff that they're constantly breathing out. Because if you remember mm-hmm. how I mentioned, runny nose was one of the, the symptoms. So if he sneezes or wipes his snot anywhere... You basically are exposed to it and have a chance of catching it. Mm-hmm. Prying off the lesions will not help cure the disease, nor will it prevent infection. If anything, it'll increase the likelihood of infection. Mm-hmm. That was that was going to be one of my questions, is that sort of thing. Uh, Might have been something that was prevalent a long time ago, being, you know, 30 years ago yeah. in the 80s. From an, um, from an aesthetic, I guess, Mm-hmm. purposed and yeah that that's fine but from a pure treatment perspective not fine um this this might be a question that you can't answer mm-hmm. um but why if leprosy or hansen's disease um uh named because they would generally be asked to have a seat over there um <laughs> And then have a uh, and have a, a horrible drink from Hanson's. Oh, Hanson's soda's great. The cream um, soda can go to hell. <laughs> is there a reason, despite the fact that it's bacterial, that it's not something that can be treated? It can be treated. Okay, so now it's something that 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 unless it was an antibiotic resistant leprosy, which is uh, on my bingo card for twenty twenty three. Um. It is something that can be treated with with some form of antibiotic. Yeah, so it's like treated with uh, multiple drugs. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, you need a whole cocktail of medications to actually treat leprosy. Um, let me see if I can remember what it was. I'm trying to find my note that had it. Um, you need rifampin, um, dapsone, and clofamazine, or clofazamine, which two of those are sometimes used for um, tuberculosis. Okay. So you can actually treat it. It is okay. It is definitely treatable. That's why a lot of those leper colonies are closed now because there is a a valid, effective treatment. And is it an effective treatment? As in, this is a uh, a cure, or is this a you will not be symptomatic? It is a. I believe it's a cure. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I gotta okay. double check it. Hold on. Um. Oh wow. 
So you need to take it for 24 months. Wow. Yeah. So it's not because it doesn't kill it right away. It takes a long time to kill it. A lot of it is just kind of stabilizing it um, from getting worse. And then eventually once the numbers are low enough, it can kill it. So it, it, it basically it's going to keep it from progressing, keep it from progressing, keep it from progressing. And then, and then whatever's hanging out there will will die of bacterial old age. More or less. And then the one thing that was brought up is that one of the three drugs, rifampicin, is actually slowly building, or is leprosy is slowly building a resistance to leprosy. Okay. But there are still drugs that you can use to counter it. Mm-hmm. But again, you still need to take it for a really for 24 long, 12 months. to 24 months. Now, is that, and again, this is going to be asking you to ballpark something, mm-hmm. uh, is that likely because of something that's related to the really long gestation period for it uh that i'm not sure um, pass pass i will hard pass on that but a lot of it is because like it's like tuberculosis tuberculosis is one of those uh illnesses that are really hard to treat too for that even if you got exposed to it with concern you're taking one of the medications for six months at least wow so i think part of it has to do with how the drug acts on the the bacteria itself and the bacteria just doesn't have a great way to attack it. It kind of kind of have to wear it down and then kill it. Because it's not like, you know, having a normal bacterial infection where uh, you can put on a topical or you can just take a regular antibiotic and it'll so get to wherever it is in your bloodstream. Yeah, so it's not like the other bacteria where like you can use it to break down the cell wall and then mm-hmm. the, because the cell wall is broken, you basically exsanguinate the bacteria and it dies or you're not affecting its dna code or literally punching holes straight through its molecular wall you know those are like the big things Mm. and i think this bacteria just you need to work differently to kill it and that's that's why it's so resistant and why it takes so long for it to finally get eradicated Hmm. yep it's a weird thing follow-up episode sometime with an epidemiologist i would say more with an infectious disease doctor I, I thought that's what an epidemiologist was. I'm not a doctor, guys. Different. Slightly different. Okay. Epidemic versus a person who deals with infectious diseases. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. So you want to talk to someone who deals with infectious diseases more often. Okay. But yeah. it, but not necessarily someone who's who's dealing with... Epidemic. It, how, how is this spreading? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I also find it really disgusting that Homer ate one of his chest sores. Yeah, before he knew that they were oatmeal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like the weird kid who sat in the back and ate his own scabs and boogers. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Oh, that's a good way to end this episode. Well, or at least um, the discussion. Not of, quite. Sorry. To end the discussion on this episode. Right. Because now we get into the Q&A portion. <laughs> Fair. And the Q is, the human centipede bills itself as 100% medically accurate. Yeah. If that's the case, how medically accurate is this episode of The Simpsons? Okay. There was there were some things not right. Mainly leprosy. Mm-hmm. That's like a big one, right? Like then that was like the big talking point of this episode. Um we're not going to talk about misnaming stuff too cuz compound fractures and all that stuff. Um I actually wrote down 75% initially, but I might have to bump it down to like 65 only because it's there's so many things wrong with it though mm-hmm. right like the fracture's wrong the leprosy is definitely wrong 
Um, the groin injury, eh. but the most egregious thing that was wrong, virtual doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was the most wrong guy. Um, he, he was he was wrong even by WebMD standards. Yeah, and he also, what kind of doctor, after hearing your diagnosis, packs his bag and walks out of the room saying goodbye? Eh, that was just a good AOL joke. That was a great visual joke in general. But yeah, um, 65 is where I'm going. Okay. Anything you would do to make it more uh, medically accurate while keeping the dramatic slash comedic stakes high other than... <laughs> All stupid, sexy Flanders all the time. Um, make Marge's leg look a little more crooked. Mm-hmm. That would work. Because you would know she broke it for sure. And I don't know if this is like a standards and practices kind of situation from the, the 90s where you can't show gruesome injuries and whatnot. Eh. No, because we saw um, Bart's elbow injury when Touché. he broke his, when he dislocated his arm being all gross and floppy. Touche. Um, so, yeah, I would at least do that. That would be one. The leprosy thing is just the leprosy thing. It was just a plot point more than anything. Um, I don't know how you would fix it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Also, it kind of fits with Lucille Ball. Sorry. Lucille Ball, Ricardo, McGillicuddy, um, Carmichael, I believe, was one of the other names in there. Mm-hmm. Um, grand scheme, right? Come up with a wacky way to get back at your family members. Mm-hmm. Poster, point, poster pain and oatmeal is a good way to go. There's I believe that's also thing. the recipe for slime, too. Yeah. Uh, one more thing that I thought of just now. Uh, Marge was only in her cast for the oh, time she was in the hospital. You know what? I wrote that down, and I wish I talked about that. Your bone does not heal that fast. Right. Especially if you had a quote-unquote compound fracture. Yeah. Um, so she would have gone home in the cast. Correct. And not just with the tiny subpar cane. walking cane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot. I totally forgot about that part that she was wearing the cast just for a week. Basically. Yeah. Vanity no. cast. It was a vanity cast. And also, that is some fast like hair growth. Like, obscenely fast. I was surprised. But that is a big no-no. So that, I think the 65 is now more justified. All right. I know you were like, oh, that's harsh. Come on. A week in a cast. Yeah. I would love my... Yeah. Marge is not Wolverine. Um, There's no way she would be able to do that. So, yeah. I, I stand by my statement. <laughs> Marvel, what if Marge was Wolverine? You know, They're all owned by Disney. They could do it. You're right. I would, I would totally watch that, though, too. There's going to be a Marvel crossover with The Simpsons at some point. I can feel it. All right. And when there is, we're going to talk about it on a Hi, Everybody, a Bad Medicine podcast. You know we are. If, I, if WandaVision had more medicine, we'd be talking about WandaVision. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're just sitting here waiting for it. I, I was thinking about it, too. I'm like, how do I incorporate WandaVision into this? I can't yet. Not yet. We'll get there. Also, or Hawkeye. Or Loki. Or, or Captain America and the Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. Or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Which are they calling it? They're calling it Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he's he's Captain America. But he's Captain America now. Yes. Though Chris Evans didn't give up his mantle. He's, he's coming back. So we'll see uh, what he, that happens. He, he, it, that's the rumor. He'll be back. For sure. All right. Well, uh, thanks, folks, for listening. Thank you, Jackson, as always, uh, for uh, coming on after working all night the night before. It was a fun shift. It was nuts. I'm glad I'm done. All right. Um, all but right. thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, tell your friends. Rate us. Increase our yeah. visibility. Call us. Call us. We will, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. 
Cool. Bye, folks. Bye.